1: More freight trains could be passing through the Chicago area, and that's got many local leaders worried. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. A major railway merger just got the green light. The $31 billion merger between Canadian Pacific and Kansas City Southern Railways is the first major U.S. railroad merger in more than two decades. It creates additional freight routes that would run through Canada, the U.S., and Mexico. Some of them would pass through Chicago's northwest suburbs. But with the recent derailment in Ohio still on people's minds, some Illinois leaders and communities are concerned about an increased risk of hazardous materials making their way through the area. Jared Rutecki is an investigative reporter with WTTW. He's been reporting on whether the environmental catastrophe that we saw in the wake of the derailment in Ohio could happen here and on this merger. Jared, can you tell us more about this rail merger? What are the details?
2: So this was a merger between two large rail companies. Uh, I guess it's kind of a matter of scale. These are the big companies that take things all the way across the country, uh, Canadian Pacific and Kansas City Southern. They're on the smaller side of these large national companies, but obviously $31 billion being quite a large number. So they're bringing these two companies together and, Um, Obviously, kind of from the federal perspective, you know, increasing competition, all of these things, but obviously with a little bit of pushback from the people uh, living next to these uh, railways.
1: Yeah, but the decision, it's been in the works for a year, I understand. Why? What, What did the approval hinge on?
2: So it's essentially, it took them about, I think it's even close to about two years probably to make this since it was first proposed. Um, And what the Surface Transportation Board, which is a division of the Department of Transportation, is looking at, they're essentially trying to determine uh, from a competitive standpoint whether this is happening um, and allowing communities along the ways to weigh in on how this will affect them. Uh, There was part of a process where they were trying to get the rail companies to negotiate settlements Mm -hmm. with uh, municipalities in case they were affected with the uh, increase in traffic and things along these lines and allowing residents to weigh in and uh, put give their input to why they support or don't support this particular merger.
1: And and looking at the details, it talks about the number of trains and amount of hazardous cargo um, expected to increase following this merger, which creates the country's smallest Class I railroad. What's a Class I railroad?
2: Yeah, it's it's, it's class one they 're essentially oh, the class, e, class one. one yes it 's uh they 're essentially the the biggest national railway companies as opposed to something that would be a regional transporter or something along these lines. These are the big big trains union pacific canadian national uh norfolk Southern these large companies that transport goods across the way, and obviously chicago 's in the middle of this entire world 're sort of the the transportation nexus for goods across the country a major air rail and roadways uh, that, that people have access to coming through here. So obviously, we're a big part of this, and this particular merger uh, will connect uh, Canada to Mexico. Mm-hmm. So it's obviously a major, a major portion of, of the transport of goods.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's talk about where it would primarily run through, because I know the partnership, as we said, it creates the first railroad network that extends really through the entirety of North America.
2: Right, yeah, so this is the the, the the first one to go along these lines um you're you're working with other large companies, obviously the, the 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 bigger ones that I had mentioned earlier, have kind of access. But a lot of these are moving goods all the way across. The biggest increase in traffic, obviously, is going to be felt here mm-hmm. and in Texas were the two locations that they gave. So kind of these are the big ones. I think Texas oh, okay. probably being with proximity to Mexico, but you'll see a great increase in traffic for some of these. This is a little bit where you got disagreement on uh, different sides from people who supported and opposed the merger. Um, from the the sides, essentially, when you're presenting it from the perspective of the railroads, they say, "Well, this will be an increase of eight trains a day." Which I think, like you know, the average person listens to the number and says, mm-hmm. "Hey, that's eight. I can count them on my fingers. That's mm-hmm. pretty easy." But yeah, when, not they, bad. when they look at it from the other side, from the people who live along these areas, they say, "Well, that's a three to five hundred percent increase in traffic." So you know, from mm-hmm. either perspective, okay. and what people are kind of. Upset about are there's not a lot of transparency with these chemicals going through town. And you see the stuff happening in in Ohio, obviously, with the Norfolk Southern derailment Mm -hmm. and explosion there. So they say they'd like to know more about this. And there's a lot of disagreement on how long these trains actually are and kind of what that effect on day-to-day life ends up being.
1: And to your point, uh, in the approval letter that came out from the Surface Transportation Board, which is that federal agency that approved the merger, um, it says, transporting cargo and hazardous material is safer by train than trucks. Is that enough, though, Jared, to, to quell fears like what you just mentioned?
2: Yeah, I think this is this is really the, 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 the crux of what it comes down People to. People are
1: looking at what just happened in Ohio.
2: Right. I mean, it's impossible to ignore it. I mean, anybody watching the news sees this, and this is obviously the worst-case scenario. I mean, you see a train coming off the tracks, vinyl chloride, black smoke burning, EPA coming out, digging up soil. All of these things are bad, but I mean— There are lesser versions of this, and you do see a lot of derailments with these companies. Uh, Part of the approval process with the Surface Transportation Board, they made certain to point out that that Canadian Pacific was one of the better companies in terms of the safety record. Mm. And this was part of their decision was that they were uh, the company with a better safety record. So people didn't have as much to be worried about. Obviously there's the, the, the jury's still out on whether that's yeah. the case in the future or not.
1: Tell me about the WTTW investigation into train derailments that are involving hazardous materials. What'd you find?
2: Yeah. So I was looking at obviously inspired by the events in Ohio and knowing that uh, the, um, you know, this big merger is going through. And Illinois decided to take a look at hazardous materials releases in the area. So you're basically looking at, you know, what happens. And there are federal agencies that track this data. There's Mm -hmm. also a state agency that tracks it as well. And what what
1: are the chemicals used for?
2: So it's 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 a variety. Like this hazardous materials is kind of a blanket term that covers a whole lot of stuff. So you're talking things like you know, gasoline and fuel, obviously, materials that are that are moved across a lot of stuff. So obviously dangerous because it gets released. It's explosive. You have dangers along these lines. Um, in the particular instance of uh, the Norfolk Southern release, you have things like vinyl chloride, which is uh, a Used in the manufacture of polymers, plastics, and things like this, so um, and there 's a lot of products kind of adjacent to oil that fit into this universe of 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 chemicals so uh, what I looked at was how frequently does this happen here, mm-hmm. and like are we at risk of these sort of things and Obviously, Chicago being the transportation nexus that it is, you see a lot of these now. Most of these instances, you're dealing with what you would classify as like a leak. You know, somebody forgets to turn a nozzle and it spills yeah. a gallon of something in a train yard. So, a number of these incidents are f- relatively minor, relatively easy to mm-hmm. to pass over. What What I found looking at the data was 272 uh, hazardous materials releases in the state over the last decade. So, you you know, quite a high number, but you know, varying degrees of severity pulled. Other numbers and looked at like just derailments, because you look at what happened in Ohio, obviously being more severe than just a little spill and found more than 140 of these over the course of two decades. So, you know, it's it's a much smaller number. And from, I guess, the perspective of the rail companies, what they would point to is that they've had less uh, the number of derailments, the number of hazardous releases have dropped as time have gone on. So their argument is this has gotten safer. But obviously, as you see. see in Ohio, it only takes one accident to of kind course. of change the tenor yeah. of the conversation.
1: So as we said at the top, a lot of folks concerned about the merger, starting with Metra. Tell me what they say.
2: Yeah, Metra, Metra kind of came from the beginning wanting more information and then came out against the merger and subsequently also are still against this approved merger. They're sharing the tracks with The uh, with these companies when they're coming through, so essentially they're coming on the Milwaukee District, um, you know, coming through on the Metra, and uh, they're worried about what this means for travel times. I mean, you know, you probably have a couple of coworkers using the Metra all the time, and you talk to those people, and they're, you know, you get delayed trains, you get everything else. So I think that they're worried about how having an increase in train traffic affects travel times and how these things work. Uh, this is another one. Surface Transportation Board was mm-hmm. clear that they thought this would be uh, acceptable. That they would they're they're going to monitor it. Yeah. There's a seven year monitoring period. But
1: yeah, and Senators Dick Durbin, Tammy Duckworth, even Illinois Representatives Raja Krishnamoorthy and Delia Ramirez. What are they saying?
2: Yeah, and they're they're in the same boat. They've been against this from the beginning. Kind of very vocal. Uh, uh, against this particular merger um, obviously from the, the the constituent standpoint asking for more oversight and I think this is this kind of echoes what a lot of the the, the opposition to this has been you get a ton of uh, of Let's let's take a little more time. Like, what's going to hurt mm-hmm. if we wait? If we wait another year, let's have more hearings. Let's hear more because everybody doesn't want the next uh, East Palestine, Ohio disaster happening yeah. in their backyard.
1: Well, in a press conference about the merger, Itasca Fire Chief John Schneidwin brings up another point.
2: Our concern is for the life safety of the family whose house is on fire, and the closest fire equipment is delayed by a freight train.
1: So Itasca would probably see an increase in rail traffic because of the merger. Uh, Have railway officials considered that point, just that increase in traffic?
2: Yeah, they definitely talked about this yesterday, and they had timed it. They had a lot of data related to it. So they were presenting that it's only going to increase some of these crossings with the longer trains by 14 seconds and everything else. But the point from the emergency responder community is one minute can make a huge difference in a lot of situations when you're talking about someone having a heart attack. And a lot of these communities are built with transit-oriented development in mind. So you have a train going through the middle of the city. Well, if emergency services are on one side of the train tracks and all of the residents are on the other side of the train tracks and there's an absolute emergency, a house is on fire, for example. The one that they kept presenting was every minute the size of a fire in a house doubles. So you're like, if it takes you three minutes extra to get across the train tracks, you can be dealing with, uh, with a real problem when that happens. So I think from a health perspective, from a law enforcement perspective, from a, a fire perspective, there's a, a lot of things that they view that they should be concerned about.
1: And jumping on that same train of concerns, a, a few suburban mayors, right? And we're talking the mayors of Elgin, Bartlett, Itasca, as I mentioned, Hanover Park, and a few other suburban areas also worried about increased rail traffic that's uh, that's expected uh, Martin Oberman though who's the service surface transportation board chairman also a former Chicago alderman he says that one of the benefits could be increased competition in the rail industry do we need that
2: yeah, I guess this is this is sort of the ultimate capitalist question that some right. uh, economist is going to have to get to uh, better than I can. But I mean, the idea is that you're working in this industry and rail itself has consolidated over time, like a lot of other businesses. Mm-hmm. And you see a lot of is this going to be able to support itself? So the idea is that you make this more competitive to raise up the sort of efforts of the larger companies and things like that. Part of the other things they're pointing to are the economic benefit of this. You have okay. increased trains coming through, things like this. I mean, this maybe this is more jobs in Chicago. This is more jobs in Chicago suburbs. So their argument against it is obviously that, that you get these increased uh, benefits this way. But obviously that doesn't help the people who live next to the rail tracks yeah. if, say, like, you Know, what happened in Ohio? This completely decreases yeah. the values of your property. Do we have so, a sense of
1: how rail workers feel about this? There's been has anyone th- spoken out? Yeah,
2: there's been a pretty active kind of uh, uh, voice in this from the from the, the the labor unions in particular who've been sort of uh, not necessarily opposed to the merger, but what they're looking for is in order to increase safety, they want more people on these trains for sort of a let's do more with less, which I think comes up in a lot of businesses. Rail very much works on this way where you have sometimes these very big trains with one person on board and nobody else kind of when an emergency breaks loose. So Mm. uh, they're looking for more people. Now the fair point is in Illinois they have in fact passed a state law that requires two people to be on any of these large trains uh, while they're running through. So there is this legislation here uh, that protects that, but um a little bit less so uh in other states and obviously with this sort of national rail transport there's yeah. a lot of goods moving.
1: Before I let you go, could this merger still change? Or has the train left the station?
2: There is <laughs> still that you know it's just train metaphors work great here. You know it's all <laughs> of them. But yeah, there's there's time yet to appeal this decision. So there's a limited appeal window. Um, Also, there's uh, oversight involved in the process. So there will be someone appointed to oversee it from the local perspective. So I think the idea is that everyone's going to still have the ability to weigh in. But at this point, uh, they're waiting for the date in the near future, I think at some point mid-April, when they'll actually be able to close this deal from the uh, financial standpoint.
1: Jared Rutecki is an investigative reporter for WTTW. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. This episode of The Reset Podcast was produced by Brenda Ruiz and edited by Stephanie Kim. If you like what you're hearing here on the pod, be sure to subscribe. And while you're at it, would you mind leaving us a rating or a review? It really helps us get the word out about the show. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. As always, thank you for listening.